for great ideas and practical tools you can start using tomorrow to grow your business and separate you from the competition, you've come to the right place. If you're into B2B marketing and sales, then welcome to the one and only B2B marketing and sales podcast with over 60 and counting total years in the trenches of businesses, small and large. They have a plethora of knowledge and experience that generate you more leads, capture more clients, ring up more sales. Well, doggone it. Just make you more money. How about that? Always thought-provoking, yet dubiously entertaining. Please welcome to their respective microphones across three time zones, your co-ringmasters, the Dave Loomis, and not the rock star, Steve Miller. Welcome, Ruby guys and Ruby gals. But uh, uh, thanks again for joining us on the, the, uh, uh, the No BS Marketing uh, no, I'm no BS. I'm talking about Dan Kennedy now. No, the B2B Marketing and Sales Podcast. Uh, so, uh, and today, and we're doing, you know, this is a new podcast. Uh, I'm Steve Miller, better known as Kelly's Dad, Marketing Gunslinger. I've got, I've got next to me the Dave Loomis, uh, who is my cohort in crime here. And our, and our very first guest on our podcast is none other then John Jantz, and I can't think of anybody else that I would rather have be our first guest. And, and John, I'm going to introduce you, introduce you here in just a quick second. Um, but thank you, everybody, for being here. Uh, we appreciate you guys uh, joining us and um, hope you like us. And if you like us, like us. All right. Do that. Do that, too. So we are, you know, our, our first few episodes, you know, it was just really Dave and I, you know, talking. And uh, and then John uh reached out and said, Hey, Steve, I got a new book. It's like every six months he has a new book. And, uh, um, cause you know, you know, he had that book too. Look at that. I got it right here. Got it right here because I, because I look at this during the day and, uh, which is so much fun, but that's a very different book. Uh, and, uh, uh but John said he has a new book and I wanted to jump on it. And so, um, I'm going to read, I'm going to read John's bio for you. Uh, and then, and then I'm going to hand it off to uh, the Dave Loomis to uh, to kick this thing off. But John, um, you know, you got you you must know that John is the author of the duct tape marketing book. You know, bestseller, um, off the charts, great book. Uh, he's a marketing consultant. He's a speaker. Uh, he's he's written a whole bunch of different books. Uh, the referral engine, which was another one of mine, I th- I really liked the referral engine a lot. The self reliant entrepreneur. The ultimate, and now the ultimate, ultimate marketing engine. <laughs> See, you're really setting yourself up for you got nowhere to go after this. <laughs> so, <laughs> he's also the founder of the Duct Tape Marketing Consultant Network, which trains and licenses independent consultants and agencies to use the duct tape mythology. Thank you, John, for joining us. Hey, uh, pleasure to be here. I appreciate the support. And I think my next book is going to have to have the word infinity in it. Yeah, I, yeah, some kind of uh, you know, you know, uh, um, yeah, universal, universe, be in, you know, beyond infinity and That's beyond, right. right? So, That's right. take it away, Dave. You're on, bud. Excellent, excellent. So let's get right into it because uh, uh, Steve and I have had a chance to read uh, your book, even though it's it's not quite published yet. It's in its uh, developmental stages, but. <clears throat> 
I've got to say that I loved it from almost the very first word. And I'll tell you why. It's because how you define what we're trying to do as businesses, whatever we do, as, whatever, whoever's listening, whatever you do for a business, you've got customers. And what are you trying to do for that customer? And you, uh, John, say that um, we're really trying to create success for that customer for whatever they're trying to do. And, and to me, that's the foundational building block of of not just this book, but basically everything we do. Um, can you just comment on that? And how 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 is that the building block? Yeah, so um, I, I hate it when authors uh, uh, mess around for a few chapters, kind of giving you ideas. So I got right to it uh, right off the bat. The ultimate marketing engine is a successful customer um, because I think <clears throat> that's obviously the first question that somebody's going to pick up the book and say, well, what is this ultimate marketing engine? And, and really what I mean by that is, is the point of view that says that our goal as marketers, our goal really as business strategists is to figure out how we can take some small segment of the market out there and take them from where they are to where they want to be. I mean, ultimately make them successful. And I think when you take that approach, it, it not it, it, it's it's more than just marketing. It's really the strategy for the entire business. I think that it, it's going to inform your mission. It's going to inform your sales messaging, of course. It's going to inform who you hire, how you delegate, how you train. I think because that's everybody's job then is to to make sure uh, that that the customer gets to where they want to be. You know, a lot of companies talk about this idea of being customer centric and customer forward. And I think uh, taking this approach of building out a a customer success track that ultimately does define the stages you're trying to move a customer through uh, really puts that in a practical sort of on paper sense. Would you say that if, if, I, if you were a business following that methodology, could you serve everybody out there? Could you be an expert, so expert, so good at that, that track that, that you could, all, any customer, you, you could help make them successful? Or are you, are you um, uh, asking people to, to narrow their, focus a little bit. No question. I'm asking uh, people to narrow. You teed that one up for me, of course, I know, Dave, but uh, the you can't make every customer successful. And that's really the point. I think that's where a lot of people struggle is that they try to take everybody and say, well, here's what we sell. Here's what we do. Anybody who seems to need that, that's who we're going to serve. And the the opportunity cost of, of trying to serve especially not profitable customers, customers that don't have the right problem that you're not really set up to, to, to serve uh, is really what stops a lot of businesses from building any momentum. So uh, as you uh, w- will probably point out, step number three in this book is, is kind of outlined in steps is to, to really narrow your focus to your ideal client. And, and in my experience, it's about the top 20%, frankly. That doesn't mean you won't serve anyone else, but you're going to build your customer success track for that top 20% because they're probably the people that you're already delivering the most value to. Can I jump in and ask you a follow-up to that is, is how do you define the success? Well, that, that takes time. I mean, I don't think that that's uh, something that you start a business one day and go, okay, I know what I'm doing. I know where everybody wants to go. I mean, that's something that you learn by paying attention. But one of the things, that's why I'm so so focused on this idea of narrowing your focus to your top 20%. 
of your clients is because they probably have the right problem. You know, you probably have the right solution. They have the right behaviors and the right values that, that, that make the right connection. And I think that what you do is, is you, you really drill down and study them. You study the stages they're in, typically the characteristics that they have when they come to you, the, the challenges that they have when they come to you. And ultimately, you pay attention to the, the promise of maybe moving them to that next stage. So that's how we start defining these. And you know, for marketing, and of course, anybody that picks up this book, I've outlined the complete roadmap for a customer success track for marketing. Uh, that, that's really one that I've learned and it's evolved in, in my years of working with small business owners. But my real goal in this, uh, in this endeavor is that I think any business, almost regardless of the industry that they're in, can and should develop this thinking for their own customers. Now their customers might there might be three stages or they may they may have most of their customers in one stage and they think okay what would be the what would be the next stage of development for them and then ultimately that maybe that grows to five stages but but I think it's uh, the 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 point of it is, is if we're starting with trying to trying to grow and mature with our clients, uh, we'll start to we'll start to figure out the small percentage of them that want to do ten times business with us, and then the even smaller percentage of them that want to do a hundred times more business with us if we're focused on the right ideal client. This sort of reminds me a little bit of um, of something that I I sort of teach and espouse um, work of Clayton Christensen, the jobs to be done theory, which you know, you say in this book that, you know, we sort of reverse engineer, you know, some of what you do for your, your best customers and say, say, look, wh- what problems are we really solving yeah. for, that, for that customer? Can you say a little bit more about that? Yeah. I, I mean, I've, I, I think I start that section by saying nobody wants what we sell. <laughs> you know, they want their problem solved. And most businesses are really focused on here's what I sell. And, and until we can connect uh, the problem that we're solving, that we're uniquely suited to solve, they, they really don't care about our solutions or they'll lump our solutions into what everybody else says they're doing. Uh, for example, I sell, basically, I sell marketing strategy. Nobody ever, ever, ever woke up one morning and said, I think I'm going to go get me some marketing strategy. That sounds like a good idea today. But they do they, wake they, up and they don't. They no. don't. <laughs> but uh, they do wake oh. up and say, How come the last four phone calls, the person on the other end has asked for a lower price? Or how come when I look at Google, uh, my top three competitors are in the map pack on the on page one and I'm not? Um, and those are the problems that we solve. Now, it just happens to be that those are strategy problems. But until I can communicate uh, the problems, if I can, if I can, until I can uh, let somebody know that I get them, you know, I know what they're going through, uh, they won't listen to how I'm going to actually solve that problem. Sort of like joining the conversation already going on in their mind. So, so, so much. And, and the beauty is, you know, we, I've done thousands of interviews with our clients' clients. That's how we get to that because they know the problem that you're solving for them. You as a business owner, nine times out of 10, probably don't really understand it because a lot of times it's little stuff. It's you show up on time, you return their phone calls, you're nice, um, stuff that you know your parents taught you and, and you didn't realize that's a business strategy. <laughs> but, but that's typically some of the things that we hear uh, from folks of, of the problem that they're actually solving. And today, I'll tell you, a goldmine is, is, is Google reviews or third-party review sites. Because if somebody turns voluntarily to one of those things and jumps over the, all the hurdles to get there and then leaves you know, 
50 words about what you did for them, there's probably some gold in there. They're going to be talking about what they're getting from you that they're not getting from everybody else. That is gold. That helps with the value, the value proposition definition also. I mean, totally. I think there's nothing more powerful than actually using some of those real words that customers say in, in your value proposition and actually kind of like, um, I'm a marketing person, but you know, there's, there's so much marketing speak and sort of like an advertising-esque language that's so tempting to use, but it can be really powerful to use the, the customer's own, own words. I actually used something from your book in a client meeting today. Dang it. Uh, and you didn't even pay for that copy I, either, I, did that, you? <laughs> just like right out there. And, <laughs> I, and so um, what, I, what I used, I'm going to be conducting some customer interviews for a client. Awesome. And I, I, I said, you know, and I, I actually have used this question before, but, but you, you um, outlined it very well, which was basically um, ask your customer, um, ask the customer if they were talking to one of their peers and, and, and sort of providing a reference and, the, and, the, and the, their friend or colleague asks them, so, so well, why do you use that company? Why do you use company X? You know, what's your answer? And I've gotten some amazing yeah. you know, responses to that. And, yeah. and it's just like you said, unsuspecting things come out. Yeah. I mean, we, we use, you talked about using that for your value proposition, but I mean, it's, we use it for email subject lines, for blog post ideas, for uh, the message above the fold on the homepage, because it is, it's, you know, especially when you see it repeated. Uh, we had a tree service that we worked with years ago and uh, they, you know, they said, we've been in business for so many years for, you know, community based of, you know, family owned and which was all good stuff. Nobody, you know, nobody didn't like that. But when we uh, interviewed their clients and then looked at all the reviews, there was some combination of they showed up when they said they would and they clean up the job site. I mean, we just saw it over and over and over again. I mean, that's the problem. That's the thing that somebody who hires a tree service is not getting. You know, they, they unfortunately might not be true, but if you've got a truck and a chainsaw, I pretty much figure you can cut a tree down, but will you show up at your allotted appointment time and will you leave a mess? So so that's the kind of stuff that I think that be, can become messaging to where somebody says, yes, finally, somebody's, you know, somebody's speaking to me. And of course, you've got you've to back it up. You've got to show up on time. You Maybe you make a show up on time guarantee or something like that, but uh, it becomes that message becomes the strategy for your business. Maybe I should do that when I'm speaking is show up on time. You know, that would be a good idea. Don't you think? <laughs> well, you know, it could be your, it could be your brand differentiator. I'm going to, well, we I'm don't gonna, know when he'll be I'm going to take all you other guys out. Now. <laughs> <laughs> he's, that, he's that guy that we have no idea when he's going to show up. Isn't that a brilliant <laughs> differentiator? <laughs> no, I, I love you. I, I love you that you also said that a little bit, Steve, test that a little bit. Yeah, I will. I will. I'll, I'll do a little testing. Of that. You know, I love it. Uh, you know, in here you say uh, most customers, uh, your customers don't know how to solve their problem. It's, you know, and I, when I say big, bold things like that, um, a lot of times it's obviously an overgeneralization, but a lot of times they don't really even know what their problem is. They know the symptoms. They know that they can't get any traction. They know that their website doesn't convert, <laughs> uh, but they don't really know what the problem is. Uh, they they just know what they're you know what they're feeling and seeing. And so, a lot of times, by really digging into this idea of problem, you you actually get to define it. And and so then they're all of a sudden going, oh, that's what 
That's why I'm experiencing that. And I think that if you can make that connection, it's like they're telling themselves a story already. And all of a sudden you connect the dots for them. It's like, yes. And why isn't anybody else saying that to me? Why is everybody else saying I need a, a 473XB uh, right. as opposed to you know identifying what my problem is? Did, did you just make that up? I just made that up. Okay. Because I, I, I want to make sure. <laughs> I don't want to think, I don't know what a 4X <laughs> Something B is what? What the hell is he? He's showing off now, you know. So, <laughs> uh, Steve and I talked. We we're talking at our on our one of our previous podcasts about branding and brand experience, and something that you're a concept like a mindset shift that you recommend in here is just, I think, a beautiful idea, and that is to um, pretend like your offering is part of a membership. So right. you're. You're selling to a group of customers, but it's more than that. It's you're, you're joining a club and it, it, and even, even though you make a, a, a very um, strong point multiple times that you're not suggesting that everybody create like a, 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 a literal membership model, right. but, but even just the mindset shift and thinking, well, if it, if it, if my customer was a member, what would I do? How would I treat them? How would I think about them differently? Can you say a little bit about that? Like, where'd you get that idea and, and why do you think it's so powerful? Well, well, I, again, I think it's, like you said, it's a point of view uh, about looking how you look at your customer. But I also, if you think about the best membership type of um, arrangement, it's not, it's not just, I offer this and I treat them well. They want to be there. They want to join. They're, they're there because of what they get as well. So it's, it's really a two-way street. I wish there was a better word than member because, yeah, I did have to spend some ink on saying, I don't mean Costco. I don't mean Sam's Club. That's not what I'm talking about from a membership standpoint. But I do think that that a lot of times we invest in memberships. You know, We evangelize um, a membership relationship. And so it was really just a way of, of getting the thinking about, you know, what if, what if instead of, of thinking in terms of the transaction, we started really analyzing the transformation that our, our best customers want to have? Yeah, I talk about that in in my last book, where I uh, I say you, you want to, and I do use the word club, but 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 I'm also very much on your side of like, okay, I'm not talking about like you say Costco, but I do say that you, you what you want to be is the club that everybody wants to be a member of, um, but they can't. Okay, only certain people can be in there, and the ones who are in there recognize that they can't leave because if they leave, they're going to lose some. That to me is what is kind of what that's all about. So yeah. I, I love that. Uh, look at your, your customers. And that's semantics too. It's like, it's like even changing the word, you know, not even using the word customer. Right. If you just change to the word client, those are two very different words. One sounds more transactional than the yeah. other one. Yeah. Right. And a member sounds like something that is, they're going to stick around. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. I, I think that, that, that uh, <laughs> customer's member and your cust- customer success track. You know, uh, that is that is really cool. And and the other thing I think that also is a good visual that you describe, which I'd love to hear you talk more about is, um, you know, we we talk about a traditional sales funnel, right. which basically, hey, it ends in the sale that, you know, everybody and their brother is, you know, coming up with personas now and tracking the customer journey. And yep. we're, we're helping with those people along. And now we get the sale. OK, awesome. That's great. It's all done. Right. No, it's not all done. Actually, it's just starting. 
Um, so what's the hourglass that you talk about? Yeah. So, so I've been talking about that shape or that uh, concept for about 15 years. You're, you're right. I think it was around, I don't know, 2010 or so, all of a sudden the customer journey became, you know, mm -hmm. a, a much, you, you look at Google trends and you can see like all of a sudden the customer journey takes off. I've been talking about it for a long time because I've always felt that the best source of lead generation was a happy customer. And, and if, we, if we only focused on getting that sale like the traditional funnel does, we're, we're missing, I think, the real opportunity. So I borrowed from the funnel shape, of course. We do have to get some percentage of the market out there that know about us and some percent to, to want to become customers. But it's what happens after that, that if we intentionally plan for uh, retention, we intentionally plan for a great experience, we intentionally uh, plan for repeat business and, and referrals, that, that those are part of the, the active processes and campaigns just as much as getting that click or that, that, that uh, visit you know, to our website. And so I define the marketing hourglass with that shape, but then it, it has seven stages. Uh, they are no like, trust, try, buy, repeat, and refer. And I, I chose those words intentionally because I feel like they, they are more descriptive of behaviors. And I think that that's really what the, the, the customer journey is all about. It's not about creating demand like so many people talk about it in a linear fashion. It's really more about organizing behavior uh, of, around the journey that people are going to go on with or without our permission. I mean, a lot of the ways in which we find companies and research companies, and I mean, those things, we don't even know about it. They're out of our control a lot of times, out of our hands a lot of times. The fact that people can make videos about our company and review sites. I mean, these are, those are things that we can't control. And so if we intentionally look at how do we, how do we guide people through those seven stages and we start building uh, just as much emphasis into onboarding and, and welcome orientation and, and to cross-selling and upselling and continuing to education to continuing to educate, then we, instead of just thinking, oh, I need to another write another blog post, or I need to do uh, some other you know thing on Facebook, we're actually every one of our actions, one, every one of our, our tactics um, will fit. We, we want to fit into this framework of those stages. And then at least uh, every, hopefully everything that we do will have value for the customer. And that's, that's really, I know everybody talks about this idea of being customer centric, but if you start using frameworks like the marketing hourglass, I think it really helps you stay focused on, on actually staying uh, customer centric. Yeah. Something that I've often said that I've said for many years uh, is that the experience is the marketing, Yeah. yeah. right? Like you talk about, you know, what brings people back? Well, it's because they had a good experience Yeah. or yeah. Uh, they, they come back. Now, if they had a great experience, you know, yeah. if they had an amazing experience, you know, unexpectedly great, uh, you know, experience, now they not only come back, but they also share the story. Yeah. So, you know, which, and, which, as you say, is in, it's, it's in the bottom part of the hourglass. I'll go back to uh, my, my Google reviews again. I'm, I'm just such a fan of, of that content that we have now access to because you, you will see nine times out of 10, people don't review companies. They don't review products necessarily. I mean, obviously there are some products, you know, like an iPhone or something that they might, you know, talk about and review. But for most businesses, they're reviewing the experience and they're reviewing the people. That's right. I mean, you'll see so many reviews. They won't talk about this HVAC company fixed my furnace. No, Rusty was awesome. He didn't let the dog out and he showed up exactly. He was on time. He was on time. <laughs> that's right. Okay. Um, and that's, and that's what people review. 
in, in comedy, they call it a callback. Yeah. <laughs> That's excellent. So now we only have time for one more question from the audience. Is there anybody that uh, has a question for our, our guest today? Wait, I don't know. Um, if you could describe, John, um, <clears throat> what, uh, what's different about this? There's a lot of marketing books out there. What, what's different about, about this one? And then I'm going to follow. I'm going to give. I'm going to give my one of one of my definitions of, of why this why this book okay, is different too. Yeah, but you go. Should, you no. Why don't you tee it up there, Steve? All right. I'm going to tee it up by saying here's what I'm going to say. The thing that really hit hit home with me was this. This is this is like a workshop. Yeah. This thing is a workshop from page one to page eight hundred. I think. <laughs> I can't see what that says, but. Um, I mean, it's just like, do this, do this, do this, do this through the whole book, which you don't see in very many books. Did I tee well, that up? Okay. You, you did tee it up. And, and uh, uh, funny, you should say that because I, you know, as I wrote this, I mean, I, because it is essentially a strategy book, I really envision, uh, I, I really envision offering, you know, two day workshops of, of going through this because this is, the kind of thing that is, it's so, I won't say it's dense necessarily, but it requires some thinking and it requires some, some space. I, I think intent, I think intense is a Yeah, that may be, that may be it too, but I, do, uh, I really do, but, but good intense. Yeah. But I think, I think that if you could get people away from their office and their phone and just say, look, here's, we're going to work on this for two days. I think they'd come away with something that was uh, really could be a framework to, uh, to guide them into the future. Well, Okay, got to cut you off, man. All right, so, All so right. you guys going to sign up for the workshop? You know, our, our, yeah, the advertisers are only paying for us just so far with this, you <laughs> know. Right. So, uh, you know, but John Jantz, uh, as always, you know, I think this is either the, I think this might be the fourth book that I've interviewed you about, if I remember right. But um, uh, anyway, always a pleasure, always great to see you. Uh, I want to absolutely encourage. The ultimate marketing machine, and I love the sub <laughs> the subtitle: uh, five steps to ridiculously consistent growth. So, uh, where do we go for information? Yeah, Steve. So, if people want to check out the site uh, or the the book itself, uh, it won't be available until September twenty first. But if you want to go to theultimatemarketingengine.com, you can get a couple free chapters now, or even better, if you want to pre-order a copy of the book, it'll be shipped to you whenever your bookseller ships books. But right away, you can get a free companion course that uh, has six videos and some worksheets and things that uh, go go along with uh, the book. So you can get started right away and won't have to wait until uh, your book is shipped. The ultimate companion course. That's right. The so, ultimate marketing engine.com. That's right. And uh, thanks for joining us today uh, in our, is our very first guest on our on our podcast we appreciate you john very 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 much oh yes and we'll see you again in six months for your next book that's right that's exactly right i don't know and, I'm, I'm, and gonna go for, I'm gonna go fishing i'm gonna go fishing. go fishing <laughs> go fishing there we go uh and 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 for my cohort in crime the david loomis yes thank you I'm all Steve Miller, thank you, john. better known as kelly's dad marketing gunslinger and uh we're out Thanks. Bye. Thank you for listening to another episode of the one and only B2B Marketing and Sales Podcast. The source for B2B Marketing and Sales Insight. 
you enjoyed the podcast, please be sure to subscribe and leave these old guys a five-star rating. Check the show notes for any links and contact information. You can always contact us by going to b2bmarketingsalespodcast.com. Thank you, and keep on marketing. Keep on selling. 